Welcome to the Ether Review, the podcast about the applications of blockchain technology. From big business to governments to the software that powers our cars, this new iteration of the internet affects every part of our lives. By speaking to the people who work in this emerging field, we aim to decrypt this new technology and distribute the future that is already here. I'm Arthur Falls. On today's Ether Review, I'm speaking with Henry Pakala and Risto Kajalainen, co-founders of the decentralized data streaming network, Streamer. By October 26th, the team hopes to have raised 30 million Swiss francs. When we talked, Henry told me they founded Streamer with the aim of tokenizing the value in real-time data. So to understand what that means, I guess we should first discuss what we mean by real-time data. So we mean data that's constantly being produced, being kind of renewed or updated. New measurements are pouring in in various sources such as IoT sensors, stock exchanges and the crypto exchanges, connected factories, smart cities and so on. So people create applications that want to react to that newest data instantly in order to capture the value in there. For example, smart cars could both receive and emit information about traffic conditions on a certain part of a road, or a wind turbine could subscribe to uh, wind speed information uh, in nearby sensors or forecast about the wind in order to decide whether to start the uh, generator or not. And what we are doing technically is creating a decentralized peer-to-peer network for data delivery. So a data producer can publish new data points which instantly get delivered to all the valid subscribers. But also the network natively supports data monetization via a cryptographic token called Datacoin, which means that whenever you produce valuable data, data that somebody else is interested in, you can turn that into value in the form of a token. So basically subscribers can pay for the license to receive the data or they can pay as they go for the data that's being published on the network. So basically a data stream economy is born where both people and machines can trade data streams. This, uh, this is huge. It basically enables machines to produce and sell data and interact autonomously without human intervention because there is a common interface for both data delivery and the payment. Does that make sense? That does, yeah. So I presume when you say there's a common interface for both data delivery and the payment, you mean a communications channel that supports a state channel? Well, well, basically, yes. So what we're building, to go into uh, more into the technical details, is a, is a separate network that quite tightly integrates with the Ethereum network. So we're basically building a separate network that's not a blockchain on top of the blockchain to support scalable, shardable data delivery, and then use the blockchain for the security critical parts such as the monetization and payments 
identity, permission control, and things like this. So the idea is basically that all the data points on the streamer network will be signed, which kind of solves the data provenance problem as well, plus binds some kind of producing identity to all the data points. So we can basically know which Ethereum account is responsible for certain data or which Ethereum account is responsible for receiving certain data. So it's kind of a lightweight layer on top of the blockchain for data delivery. As the blockchain itself, as you know, it doesn't scale, at least at the moment, and probably not for, for the foreseeable future. So this way we can already tackle data-driven real-world use cases where the data quantities could be quite large. I mean, uh, a system could easily produce like uh, a million events per second, and that would be no problem for the streamer network but obviously a million transactions per second would be huge overkill for, for all current blockchains. So when you say a million events, can you break down that terminology into something that kind of connects with a real-life use case a bit more? Yeah, sure. So for example, let's consider a, a crypto exchange, for example. So there's an order book. People are placing buy and sell orders in there and whenever there's a match there's a trade and all of these are events in the system so they generate new information into the space so we could basically subscribe to everything that's happening in an order book or a group of order books and be immediately informed about that when something happens and uh, this can, of, of course, be scaled up to, to anything. For example, let's say there would be a network of temperature sensors or people are measuring their biometrics, heartbeats or, or whatever. So let's say everyone has a, a smartwatch that measures their heartbeat. And this information can be also delivered somewhere. For example, people could sell their biometrics to medical companies which might be interested in that data for, for their own purposes. Typically, the data is controlled by large companies like Google and Facebook and Microsoft own and control most of the very raw data that we are producing all the time. Even now, I mean, the metrics of our Skype call is going somewhere and we don't really know what that's being used for. But what if instead, in the future, you could actually be in control of the data that you produce and even monetize that by a clever mechanism that's available in, in this kind of a decentralized, uncontrolled, very democratic network. So how does it work? I see the value in it. I hear, I hear what you're saying, but I, I can't piece this together in my mind just yet, how this data stream is associated with, uh, with an account on a blockchain, in this case Ethereum, and the value of that data is somehow tokenized. Can we take a step back and look at how that data is actually tokenized? Yeah, sure. So let's walk through an example, for example. So I have a smart car, okay? Let's pretend I have one. And I'm driving, I'm driving on a road somewhere on the countryside <laughs> and everything's sun is shining and birds are singing. And maybe I want to cover my gas cost by selling my location to advertisers, for example. A nearby gas station might want to buy my location in order to uh, show me advertisements. 
uh, once I approach that gas station or something like this. So basically what I can do is start publishing my location in a stream of data. Let's say I update it every five seconds or every 10 seconds or something like this. And anyone interested in my location uh, can buy that data. So my stream becomes available on a data marketplace and the prospective buyers can, for example, find it by, by searching by area or searching by type or something. They want, the buyer wants lo the locations of, of people in a certain area and publishing that kind of stream. So they might pay me, for example, two euros in order to receive my location for the next 24 hours or, or whatever. I mean, the license is quite, can be quite arbitrary since they, are, they can be implemented as smart contracts. So I can basically define the terms quite freely and how the payment system works. So every five seconds I'm publishing my location and every time I do that, I connect to a node in the streamer network. And the purpose of that node is to forward my, my data to certain other nodes in the network, which can be connected to by the subscribers. So basically the gas station will have a real-time location of me and maybe included in the data is some kind of contact details on how to reach me in order to show advertisement, for example. So how is this handled by the decentralized network? Seeing as it's decentralized, obviously you have to be able to search for the data feeds, so they have to be categorized. Some meta information has to be published about it and then some kind of unlocking mechanism uh, as well as payment details? Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Let's start with the decentralization part. So how do we actually decentralize the network? There needs to be some kind of incentive for anyone to run the nodes. And if we compare to blockchains, the incentive, of course, is mining. We are using CPUs or GPUs to solve a kind of superficial math problem that contributes the proof of work in the network. The streamer network functions a little bit differently. So the people who run the nodes, they contribute network bandwidth in exchange uh, for a reward in the, in the native token, the data coin. So instead of mining, we kind of have uh, an incentive for anyone to run the streamer node and earn data coin for that. And what they do is run the node, which kind of handles the data traffic flowing from the publishers to the subscribers. So in addition to that, you have to publish the metadata of a feed along with some mechanism. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the streamer network is just the infrastructure that enables all of this. And various applications can be developed on top and we are developing at least two. So there will be a data marketplace, which is kind of like a portal for uh, data buyers and data sellers to find each other. So you could think of it as kind of like the app store for data streams. So if I list my data stream 
over there. It will be available for data subscribers to search for. There will be a, a metada metadata uh, attached to the data stream. And this will facilitate the discovery of streams, obviously. The, the streams themselves, the content can be uh, unencrypted if it's free data, if it's available for everyone. This makes sense for open data or data from smart CDs or data in open source applications or whatever. Or the data can be encrypted, in which case uh, you would need to purchase a license in order to be able to decrypt the data in a stream. And this is, of course, how we also achieve data privacy in a network that's decentralized. So the data is kind of flowing through unknown machines. And if it's encrypted, then it's safe. So Risto, you said that you were a quantitative analyst? Yes, I was for a number of years with essentially using kind of data, combine it with the, uh, some understanding of the economies and the marketplace, build automated models which react to um, new data as it arrives and take trading decisions. And Finance is kind of interesting because in finance, this kind of data economy has been a reality and automation for quite a number of years, so 10 or 15 years. And in fact, most of the trading, as you probably know, is handled by the machines at the moment. What we see happening is that the same trend is taking place in uh, other industries, like with IoT and IOE, uh, smart factories. You need algorithms and machines which are real-time, react, uh, make sense of the data. And that fits kind of nicely into what we are trying to do with Streamer. This is really interesting because you guys in finance, I mean, you, the quantitative analyst in particular, you've been building models to make sense of financial data for years, right? You said you studied machine learning. And so now what we're finding is with all of these sensors, we're beginning to be able to monitor events in non-financial life and establish these silos of data and then actually and model that using machine learning to better understand the world around us. And suddenly the quants are becoming, they're taking on another role that is, is so far, I mean, we don't really know what it's going to look like, it seems. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a very exciting kind of new new world. I think it will kind of uh, progress in uh, stages. Probably in the next, I don't know, five to ten years, we'll see more and more data scientists in uh, companies, big or small, who are trying to make sense of data, data streams, real-time data coming from uh, sensors and factories and traffic and marketing and what have you and then building models which then somewhere try to filter the data and find the value in that data and then actually help improve business decisions based on those on the data but i think in the longer term is what we are moving towards is a world where you've got machines uh, which learn the patterns from the data that may be a necessity given that the volume of the data is growing exponentially, as we know, there probably will be too much data that any non-obvious patterns are too difficult 
for humans to find and exploit before machines are beat to it. The Skynet is coming. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's the bloody finance industry participants we're going to build at this time again. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, or at least X. Ex-finance guys. Yeah, yeah, ex-finance guys, <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, where can people find out more about Streamer? Well, we, we'd like to invite everyone to join our Slack at slack.streamer.com. There are some demos there as well. What sets us apart from many other projects in this space is that we actually have something that's up and running at the moment, even though it's quite centralized at the moment. So... Uh, we're working on the decentralization during the following years, but it can already you can already sign up. You can start using the streamer network and the analytics engine that we have. So go and give it a try. How do you spell streamer? <laughs> streamer is is like without the last e in there. So S T R E A M R. Perfect. The history behind that is that when we established the company in. 2014 we couldn't afford the streamer.com <laughs> domain name without leaving out the e so <laughs> it, and then, then it kind of stuck so that's what it is <laughs> that's funny that do you think that's why so many services leave out the e yeah i, I think so i mean many like, are hoarding the domains for dictionary words maybe sometime in the future we'll have enough cash to buy the vowel the missing vowel there <laughs> um, well guys this has been absolutely fantastic thanks for joining me and take it easy our pleasure yeah you too take care you've been listening to the ether review i'm arthur falls for more episodes subscribe on itunes or visit etherreview.info